You're listening to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, a show where your hosts, Darian and Ethan, discuss the controversial topics often avoided by the church. They also discuss culture, society, and everyday goofs. And now, Darian and Ethan. We're back. What's up, everybody? You heard it from the man himself, Ethan and Derry, the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast. Mm-hmm. Happy to be here. Yeah, talking about the gray areas of the Christian faith that maybe often get neglected. And uh, you have questions and we want to have answers. Yeah. Holding firm to biblical truth while also understanding that maybe the things that we heard before aren't the best. You know, maybe they're not the mm-hmm. most accurate. Mm-hmm. Maybe things we're hearing now also aren't the best. Yeah. And things of old are better. You know? Yeah. There's lots of things that are like that just as well that are mm-hmm. the flippity flop of that. So yeah, we got a lot of things to dive into. This is a juicy episode that I'm really excited about. Um, yes, sir. We got a little bit of stuff to say about it, but I think we're going to probably go on some tangents and some some rabbit trails, most likely. Uh-huh. Talk about some interesting stuff. Um, so today we're talking about the church. You know, it's something that we've talked about a lot before in the past. You know, it seems like for the last five to ten years, it's been a really hot button issue to talk about how the church should change and. Mm-hmm. You know, should we just go to like an all house church model um, or like how should we redesign or reevaluate, rethink the church, you know? And there's so many different churches that have rebranded and and done all this kind of stuff and changed formats and changed layouts and changed even leadership structures and stuff like that. Um, Most churches now, it seems like the biggest change they made was um, like adding home groups or life groups, what they call it, in in like 10 years ago or or 15 years ago or whatever, um, to try to sort of decentralize um, the church as much as they could, you know what I mean? Kind of having like house churches while still coming together as a church. And I know in the past we've done full episodes on this topic of what should the church look like and how should, like, what did the biblical church look like? And not even necessarily what did the biblical church look like, but what is what is that model that they had then? And how does it translate to the society we live in now, right? We've done full episodes about that. Um, but today, instead of talking about that necessarily again, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit, um, we wanted to sort of talk about how the church is criticized, um, but because it, it seems like we criticize the church of old as if it is the church that still exists now, when we've made significant advancements as a church, but we're still thinking about it the same way. Um, so is there anything you want to say, or do you want me to jump in and, and talk about and explain uh, what we're going to go over? Yeah, maybe just for one, my understanding, but also in clarification, uh, but also maybe if the audience needs clarification when you say the church of old how mm-hmm. old do you mean yeah um uh, so i mean like bef- 15 years ago before we started like okay. making changes right okay because the, the thing that we tried to get away from it feels like over the last 15 years um was the idea of the church being an organization and we've tried to get away from that and you know people always say you know the body where two or more are gathered and it's always like we probably we try to emphasize that all the time where it emphasize it all the time where it doesn't actually mean anything to us anymore and i think our mindset has has stayed the same in the church being an organization even though we try to change a lot of the practices Mm -hmm. of it being an organization if that makes sense so while in practice we've tried to get away from us viewing and even mostly speaking about the church as an organization and you know changing that speech to be uh, you know, this is the body, we are the church, and then we're the church gathered in a building, not that the building is the church, right? Um, we've changed all this language and kind of driven it home to everybody for so long in trying to get people to realize that it's um, not an organization, but a people group, right? Mm-hmm. 
we've done that for so long, but I don't think our mindset has changed because the church is just somewhere we still go and gather on Sundays, right? Yeah. And the church still has sort of a hierarchical um, like structure to it where we look to pastors as like the main spiritual leaders, which is which they are spiritual leaders, yeah. right? Um, but we don't look to anybody really in the community as that same kind of person. Um, and maybe we shouldn't. You know? Maybe, maybe we also should. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, depending on the level of education, of course. Right. Um, and so... I think there's there's ways in that we talk about the church not being an organization, but we still view it in our minds and even in a lot of our actions as still being an organization. So the thing that made me think about this topic was, um, you know, there's whole like Instagram accounts that are dedicated to just criticizing the church, not hmm. maybe in, in fullness dedicated to that, but, you know, a lot of them dedicated to deconstruction that are Christian accounts also. Um, I was watching a story of one account that's not dedicated to that, but just uh, dedicated to undoing some of the the ways we've thought in the past. But they also do a lot of like memes and comedy and stuff. Um, the account's called Christians Who Curse Sometimes. An amazing, yeah, they're great. An amazing account, right? They're great. I love them. Um, and they were doing a Q&A or, or something like that on sex, which they do all the time. Um, I'd highly recommend going and checking them out. They have a lot of really good content. Um, so they're doing this Q&A on sex, and the way... Uh, the guy who runs the page does it. And he also might be on the podcast later too. He's a really cool guy. Um, mm-hmm. He said he'd come on. It'd be really exciting. Yeah. yeah. But it might be for a little bit. Might not be for a little, couple months. Um, the way he runs it is he tells everybody what they're going to be talking about. Right. And then he presents a couple of polls to get the audience's reaction to a question. Right. And then he does a question and answer thing where he, puts like a little the question box and lets people send in questions about the topic and then he posts people's questions with polls underneath them and that's kind of the way he does it and then he brings an expert on to answer all those questions afterwards and so in the beginning of section of this he's talking about sex and he, he puts out a poll and says the poll says do you feel like the church did a good job teaching you about sex growing up right and that's like the poll and I, it's like 70 or 80% said, like, no, the church didn't do a good job like teaching me about sex, right? Um, and I think it's a fact most of the time that, you know, most people don't have the best sex education growing up, right? And it's also super controversial. Um, it has been for a long time, conservatives in, in sex education in school, and it's been, it's been a, a problem before. Um, so 80% of people said, or 75, 80% of people said that they didn't feel like the church... Um, did a good job teaching them this. And I just had this thought immediately of, you know, why do we feel like the church hasn't done a good job teaching us about sex? And I thought, I've, I never have heard a sermon just about sex from the pulpit. Mm-mm. Like maybe, maybe it had to do with sex or the pastor referenced sex or a time he told a story about sex one time or something like that to be or funny. Or the newly married youth pastor. Yeah, they make jokes about it. So like it is mentioned, right? But I, I thought to myself like, why Why would I even ever hear a sermon in church about sex? You know, I, I've heard little things about it, but why would I, why would I, why would that be necessary for me to hear from the pulpit? Um, you know, there's a lot of things that don't necessarily need to be necessary for you to hear from the pulpit or that I had never even heard from the pulpit. But I thought to myself, like, if the church, like, is not an organization and it's just everybody that is a Christian, then asking this question, like, I, I was framing this question in thinking about it, in the in the means of, have I ever heard this in the church building? 
Hmm. You know, and I thought, oh, I'm I'm thinking in a sense of sense of the church is an organization, and I know that question was also framed in the sense of the church is an organization, and did the church building and and like in that place on Sundays or Wednesdays or whenever did they teach you about sex in there, mm-hmm. right? And I was thinking like in two ways we shouldn't think like that, but also, um, like we shouldn't limit all of the times we think about the church to just being that building, like. I I answered the question and I was like one of the like 19 or like whatever percent that said um, at the time when I answered the poll it was 90% um, that said that yes the church did do a good job of teaching me about sex because oh. because I did grow up with a good sex education because my parents I think taught me well and I also like had lots of mentors and lots of people that I could talk to about it and stuff like that. So it wasn't a big deal for me. Like I knew everything I needed to know. I knew the science behind it. Uh, I knew a lot of people's experiences. I had a lot of testimonies. You know, I heard all these things. And of course there's like, you know, some misinformation that you get here and there. Like there's just normal. You're going to hear stories as a kid and kids like telling fake stories and stuff like that all the time. Um, But I said, yes, like I had had a good sex education, even though I had never heard that story from inside of the church. I knew that I had had a good education because I knew that Christians had raised me to know what sex was and like know how to do it and what's healthy about it and all the like statistics about it and stuff like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so the, the the church to me as the people of God had taught me about sex. And so I answered that poll honestly and said that I did have a good sex education. And I think if people would think about the church in that way more, then they would have answered the poll the same way that I did Um because I would answer the poll and say no if it was if I was just thinking about the building, right? Mm-hmm. And so that got me thinking about this topic of how often do we think about the church as an organization in and even in action treat the church as an organization when we've so hard tried to change the wording and even our thinking about the church being a people group. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can keep going, yeah. but is there anything you want? Yeah, you say? I got opinions. My phone is just glitching out here. Um. So, yeah, the, the big idea that we're talking about is people blame the church as an organization or an institution for failing them in certain areas, right? And the question is, well, why are we even looking at the church as this organization, mm-hmm. as this institution, right? Because you're right, we shouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, ideally. That would not be something that would cross our mind. We wouldn't think of the church and equate it to this inst- institutionalized structure. Mm-hmm. But it's what it's become. Right. And so the, the problem, I don't blame people for like calling the church an institution or acting like it mm-hmm. is, you know, because that's what it has become. Right. That's what we treat you it know, like. it's not supposed to be like that. It wasn't like that from the onset of Christianity. And it, for in most of the world, I would say it's not like that. You know, it's only in Western countries where we have this, you know, it's only where sometimes, yeah, you know, like in the Middle East. Their churches are like small groups, like what we consider small groups in China. Their churches are underground small groups, you know, mm-hmm. and. And other parts of, like, all over where Christianity is not dominant, it's more small groups, which makes sense, you know, it's not dominant, there's less people. But also, what they have, the model they have is, like, a few, maybe, like, 8 to 10 people, 12 people in a house, and then if it gets bigger than that, they go to another house, right? And that seems to be, as we can see in the Bible, maybe a better version of what the church could be. Mm. And so, had the church in America been like this or if it had ever been like this in the past i don't think it's like that with small groups we're trying but it's not working really because mm-hmm. you're still meet i mean you can still meet it's a pro it's not a problem meet corporately but when you have cell groups it's not like maybe always like one person you know leading or you don't look to that person as your pastor mm-hmm. you know 
and you're usually just going over what was done on Sunday morning, not like a new teaching of scripture, um, in my experience. Yeah. Um, and so the reason people look at the church as an institution is because that's what it's become. It's become this thing that is like a corporate job where they are run by like, like corporations. Like I've worked in churches and it's very much like, uh, in my experience, it's been very much like an, a corporation where like I work for this person, this person's under this person, this person's under this and the pastor's under the eldership. There's a hierarchy. Yeah. yeah. Which is good. Church leadership should have hierarchy. You know, it's not all like everyone's under the pastor, but the idea of controversial it being, yeah, that's biblical. We have elders and deacons in the, in mm. the early church um, and pastors. Um, but what I was saying is like when you get to churches and like the churches I've gone to like 2000 people, you know, 3000 people when I was right. going there, that's not the best setting for a church. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe churches should maybe max out at 100 people or less, depending on who you talk to mm-hmm. um, about what their experiences and stuff like that is. And so I think this idea that like, oh, the church failed me here. The church failed me in this area. I wasn't taught by the church in this area. What's that? Area. Is that, did I say that? Yeah. Area. <laughs> area. 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 Um, I think that's a valid statement. It's an unfortunate statement, and I wish that the institution that the church has become would teach better. I think we, we can own up to that and say, yeah, we should have a healthier talk about certain subjects. You know, we should give more, we should talk in a more serious way about mental health. We should talk more mm. serious about, um, I think, yeah, about sex ed. I think what would be really cool is if we started talking, and maybe we started, but, you know, a lot of people say, like, oh, you're a sinner, get saved, you need to do this, yada, yada. But what if instead of, like, talking about how bad people are, what if we talk about, like, how good God is? You know, the Bible talks about, and we do that in a sense. But it's like we just obsess with, like, the goodness of God and how he lavishes. Because I would, I would say my experience, I was given to this idea that, like, if I made a mistake, God was this angry God who's just bringing down judgment. And I've been trying to unlearn that for the last couple of years of like, oh no, like the, Isaiah said that he's promised to never be angry with me. He, he deals with me on a basis of mercy. He has only love for me. He's not angry with me. And I've had to unlearn a lot of this, these things that I was living out of. Um, so just thinking about that, just spitballing. But yeah, um, the church, when the people say the church failed me in this, it's like, I'm sorry, that happened. Yeah, I see it. Now, had the church been more of a, a home group that you went to where you could ask questions about it and maybe this home group consisted of young families and older people who were grandparents maybe and other single people or maybe dating people, like it consisted of people from all walks of life all studying the scriptures together, maybe under one person, whoever like hosted it or someone that God has called to shepherd, you know, had you been in that setting and you asked these questions, I would say you probably more likely would have gotten a better experience of the teaching of it. You know, whatever the question might be, because smaller groups create a safer atmosphere for relationship. Mm-hmm. And you see the person and the struggles rather than just a person with a question about a subject. Yeah. You know, it makes it, it personalizes people and it's a smaller setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we talk about this. We got to. I think that the biggest thing that could fix it is reforming the church to be like a small group, you know, basically there's like rabbit churches and elephant churches. Have you heard of that before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for you guys who haven't heard that before, a rabbit church, you know, like rabbits are really small and they go everywhere and they reproduce really, 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 really fast. And so they just kind of are really small and they spread like crazy and they move really fast versus an elephant who moves pretty slow is really big, but moves pretty slow still powerful but still moves slow and doesn't reproduce as much right and so that's the idea if you have like in the bible belt they have a lot of churches of like x amount of thousands of people 
right? But maybe they get to like 10,000 and then maybe they split to 5,000. Maybe both those get to 10,000 and maybe they split again, you know? Versus if you had a church got to 10,000, you split up into 1,000 churches of 100 people. Is that my right, is that my right math? Or 10? 10 churches of 100 people? Mm-hmm. 10 churches of 100 people. Ha, that's why I'm in ministry and not a mathematician. 1,000? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you have like, uh, yeah, so you have like, small like 10 churches each at 100 people mm-hmm. or maybe you do like 20 churches at 50 people you know something like mm-hmm. that and you see how then all those smaller churches can be more inviting to the people around them and then give the better context i think maybe i'm off topic but all of this to say a church that is focused on staying small but reproducing a lot under proper authority and having those authorities of those churches under more authority so there's always accountability um, I think would do a better job. And then this idea of the church being an institution, quote unquote, would probably not be as like held as strong because they would realize the church is a people group. You know, mm-hmm. the church is never supposed to be an institution. The church is primarily a people group. We are, and as the Bible talks about it, we're like how like you're, you can come to America and become American. You become a Christian and you become in the kingdom of God. We are a people group. We are like a nation of priests as, as Peter talks about it, you know? And so, although we don't have any land that we own, like countries do, we are a people group that occupy every land in the world. And so we shouldn't be looked at as an institution. We should be looked at as a people group. And for us Christians, we need to start acting like that more than we do. Like, Oh, I just go to church and I'm a Christian. It should be like, Oh no, I'm a, I'm a Christian. So I act in accord with accordance with the laws of the kingdom of God. Because that's my real home, not like laws of America, the laws of Mexico, or the laws of Canada, or the laws of wherever you live. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think we need to shift the conversation, though, more to – because we could talk about all day, like, how do we do things better? And, that, and churches have done that for a long time. And, you know, where do we where do we put more resources into and how do we change the structure? But I think the change that needs to take place is not within the size of the small group or the size of the church or anything like that. And then that can take care of itself within the certain society that it's within. Um, but I think the thing that needs to change is we love as human beings to and this is why we love organizations or the church being an organization. We love to put the responsibility on someone else mm. and say, okay, the church, this building is not doing a good job with mm. all of these things, right? Instead of taking ownership and saying, I wasn't there for my brother or sister when they were going through their like bout with depression, or I wasn't there when this person needed to learn about sex ed, or like I didn't do something as the church that needed to be done. I didn't, like stand up for this person or I didn't take responsibility in this way, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we could even shift responsibility into like small groups, right? And still just have it be a thing like, oh, this church didn't do a good job like at this thing when really it should just be like we as the people, the, the answer to this problem, I think is we as the church taking ownership and saying I am the church. And mm. when the church doesn't do something good, that means I didn't do something good, mm. right? And then I can start doing something differently. And then that means I take ownership and I start changing and I start like teaching people and I start like acting like Christ more and I start taking responsibility, whether that means I'm going to a church of a thousand people or a hundred people, whatever the the situation looks like, it never is an organization because I'm taking responsibility for the church because that's me, right? Hmm. I am the church. And so I'm taking responsibility for, for the actions of my people. Right. And of course you can still say like, it's a people group and there's going to be people within the people group that don't do a good job. And 
I'm not saying that everybody needs to bear the blame for that kind of a thing, but I'm saying when we take ownership of the church as the church, it will then cease to be an organization. We blame for things and start to just be a people group because of how our mindset has changed about, um, about the church, right? Because our actions with like viewing the church that way and taking ownership of it, we'll start to change our actions. We'll start to change how we interact with the society. We'll stop waiting for the church to, to serve us or to teach us or to go out and feed that homeless person, um, or to go be a part of this nonprofit organization or something like that. And we'll start doing it ourselves. You know, we'll start sending people out to go be a part of those organizations and to go clean up the streets or to help people that are addicted to drugs or, or whatever it is, you know, we'll go start doing those things ourselves and we'll say it's the church because we're the, the people of God, the church, right? And the church is doing that. Not that an organization is doing that, but that we, the people are going and doing that thing as the church, right? Yeah. And I think that's where the sort of the mindset like kind of needs to shift, um, because we could read a million and a half verses in the Bible. Let me just, like, I can just go to the Bible app and just read, like, look up the word church. Don't fact check us on that. There's not even a million and a half verses in the Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, don't do that. I was going to say something <laughs> blasphemous. There's a, a fun fact. I think about 30,000 Bible verses mm. in the Bible. So, do with that what you will. I just accidentally looked up the word Bible because I'm so tired. <laughs> church is what I look up. Um, first off, like a little bit of history, like on the word church. Uh, I don't think it was created until like around the uh, 1200s, I believe. Um, originally, the word was just gathering um, or like gathering of believers, right? And they started um, translating that word to mean, uh, it starts with a K, but I, can, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, they started, they just changed it to, work, to mean church, right? And that slowly became like the organization we view now. Um, but of course, at the beginning, church was just the word that was used for Christians that are gathering, right? And it wasn't good. It was good. So it's not that I don't think the word church is good. It's just kind of what it's associated with now. I don't think we should get rid of it, necessarily. We should get rid of the connotation of it being an organization, is what I'm trying to say. But that's what the word used to mean. Okay, so we're going to read, like, let me just read, like, all these verses that came up when I looked it up in the Bible app. Um, the first one, Hebrews 10, 25, not neglecting to meet together. Um, as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Um, and then the second one, the list is Acts 2, 42. Um, and they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, Acts two forty six, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, Acts 2.47, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord adding, added to the number day by day those who were saved. And there's many, many verses that keeps going down on and on and on if you were looking at the video. Um, but, you know, none of those talked about an organization or a governmental agency or anything like that, right? They talked about people that were gathering together and that were doing life together, that were learning together, that were teaching together, uh, that were eating together, and there was people being added to their number, right, in all those verses. So... I think it just reinforces the Bible talks about, you know, the church being a people group and we need to take the responsibility for that instead of um, putting the blame and the responsibility on an organization, taking that responsibility and saying, okay, we as a church are going to be better. And we as a church are not going to say anymore, oh, the church did a bad job at this. We're going to say, oh, we did a bad job at this, hmm. right? Hmm. And take responsibility and start to do better as, as ourselves and take ownership of it. That's what I want to say on the topic. Nice. Yeah, I love that a lot. I really like the idea of, you know, taking ownership ourselves because that's how it's going to change, right? If mm. 
all of us took ownership, everyone listening to this podcast decided tomorrow, or even after this podcast, we're going to take ownership for what it means to be the church. Like, if there's blame shift on the church, then I'm going to take that blame and I'm going to be a conduit of change, hmm. you know? And then then you by you changing, people would see that and then they might change themselves or hmm. your, your influence would cause them to change, right? And it would just be this thing that would spread where if everyone's taking ownership, then we all heal together. Yeah. Yep. So, and a lot that. more gets done. Because it activates people, right? Yeah. Not, I mean, that's a very charismatic <laughs> term. Um, but, you know, it genuinely does activate people and motivates them to do something. Because, say, I'm in charge of, like, picking up all the trash on the street, right? And then one day, like, I walk out and I'm like, what? there's trash everywhere on the street, right? I'm like, why didn't the trash man come and, like, pick up this trash, right? And it's my responsibility to pick up that trash anyway. Like it's all of our responsibility on the block to like pick up the trash or whatever. Um, and it's no longer like about some organization to pick up the trash. We take responsibility for it and we start to change and we start to take ownership of it because it's no longer someone I can blame to do it. It's just mine. And so when it's mine, I take ownership of it. I even take pride and joy in it. I start to make it like what my life is about. And now it's who I am. You know, I'm a Christian. It's not that I go to church at a building, but it's that it's who I am. It's everything that I am. And it's what I take ownership of and all of the teachings of Christ and how I'm supposed to act and what I'm supposed to obey um, and how people are supposed to see me and all those kind of things. What I'm supposed to be learning, what I'm giving my my, uh, time and energy to is that I am a Christian and I'm doing the things that a Christian would do um, in accordance to the Bible, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And that changes everything about me. And I can no longer blame shift anything onto the church um, as an organization, but I have to take responsibility myself. I said the same thing over and over, (laughs) and now we can end. All right. Well, guys, thanks for listening and tuning in again. We hope you had a wonderful day. Hope you have a wonderful Wednesday or Thursday, whenever you're listening to this, Friday. Um, Be blessed. Go out and share the gospel with someone. The kingdom of God is a joyous place to live, and we want everyone to live there excuse me follow us on all the social medias except facebook because that is not used by anyone anymore mm. or you could you'd be the first one yeah you might be the first one we got a lot of followers but not, maybe not we'll give you a shout out if you follow us on facebook yeah because we don't use facebook yeah <laughs> but there's a patreon if you want to support this ministry and be part of uh reaching hopefully one day millions of people um in the world we're in the early beginnings and we think god only wants to take this farther if you want to follow us on TikTok and be inspired and maybe get some laughs, depending on what we do there, or Instagram, same thing. Um, Twitter, do we do Twitter? No. We don't do Twitter either. So Facebook in, or, or Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, go there, support the show, share it with your friends, and thank you guys and have a great night or day. I'll go bye. <laughs>